be the leader nobody wants to leave. Hey, it's Nikki Llewellyn and you're on Gut Plus Science. This podcast is on a mission to increase engagement at work. And on this show, we equip CEOs and people first leaders of all levels to make impact. Let's get to it. Hey, Gut Plus Science listeners, my friend, Chris Bayard, president of the Bayard Group, joins me today to do a deep dive into her stellar leadership program, Be the Leader Nobody Wants to Leave. I participated in a session with Chris maybe two years ago, and I still use learnings from it. And now more than ever, leaders must find ways to not only drive retention, but truly build meaningful work experiences and impactful relationships. So this program is just so timely. So do you want to know what makes a leader that people want to follow? I do. And stick with us because Chris has some powerful nuggets to share. And she defines being the leader nobody wants to leave. Chris Bayard, welcome to Gut Plus Science. I am so excited to have you here today. We've been talking about this for a long time. So tell us your learnings and research on why people leave their jobs. I will get to that as soon as I say it is a pleasure to be here. I absolutely love Gut Plus Science and, and your People Forward Network. I do not miss an episode. So it is such an honor to be a part of this. That makes me smile so big. Thank you, Chris. We're so excited to have you here today. Well, thank you for having me. When I started to research why people leave their jobs, it was just just before COVID. And I was looking at the data on turnover, especially in healthcare. And I started to look at that and I thought, this could be the beginning of a crisis if we don't turn it around. I want to find out why. And I was that little kid growing up that always asked why, why, why. So that has served me very well as an adult because I do a lot of qualitative research. And so I did both primary and secondary research on the subject of turnover. And I did interviews with executives from across the country in all sorts of different environments and looking at the data too from other quantitative research, it really came down to two primary reasons why people leave their jobs, the culture and the leadership. Now, the two are inextricably linked. So really, when you look at what it takes to keep your people engaged and energized, you've got to look at both of them. Gosh. This You are speaking our language and I can't wait to dig in. I know that I got an experience of your program, Be the Leader Nobody Wants to Leave, which was phenomenal. I got this little snippet of it one day and I was like, we are going to do something together because it was great. You created this program. Tell us how this came to be like a front runner offering at Bayard Group. Well, again, I'm going to go back to COVID. It, when the world shifted gears and people couldn't be going to seminars and workshops and things. I already had as part of my business plan that I was going to start converting my most popular workshops and keynotes into a course. And then after doing the research, I thought, my gosh, this just fits beautifully. And I also was researching more on adult learners and how they learn and looking at what 
isn't working out there, there's a lot of online classes. So I took courses in building courses, even though I've been building curricula for over 20 years. But I took more courses so that I could understand more about the adult learner. And to be true transformational learning, you have to recognize that adult learners want to acquire knowledge, but it has to be applicable in their daily lives. So we had to make sure that was happening. Then the next level is to actually apply and then get feedback. So rather than just put out courses, push the button here, we have blended learning. Okay, a module a week for eight weeks. You have the whole week to get through the online piece and try things out. And then we come together for a group coaching session and the group talks so that people can learn from one another. And then we have private coaching sessions, not only to apply what they've learned, but just coach them in leadership. Thank you so much for sharing that insight. And I'm so excited to break down what it takes to be a leader that people don't want to leave. Let's start with like vision or what's the first priority? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I'm going to take it to 30,000 feet for starters, because people want to get down into the tactics before they've really thought at that high level. And I think that's really a game changer is when people start to look at leadership as I need to have an unrelenting focus on people as individuals. That's the game changer. Yes, there are a lot of tactics. There are a lot of things to do, but it's starting there and having a clear vision of who you want to be as a leader. And so that's one of the exercises we bring people through right away is having them begin with the end in mind. What do they want people to say about them as a leader? And then do an analysis of where are you now? And what do you really need to focus on as we go through the course together? So good. I love that. Begin with the end in mind. And so many times when we're trying to solve problems, really in all areas of our lives, I think we miss that step and we have to do it as leaders and we can't be the next door neighbor award-winning leader. It is something unique to our own blueprint and you have to spend time. Can't outsource it and say, all right, give me my blueprint. I'm going to be that. You really got to spend that time getting to the end in mind with who you aspire to be as a leader. So good. All right. So talk about the makeup of a leader people love to follow. Yeah, that is really a good question too, because it may not be on the surface what people think, but as I said, an unrelenting focus on people as individuals. And so it's somebody who that they value other people. They see them. They see their gifts. They can be honest, but always with the kind truth. They're able to inspire. They're able to share their vision for the department or for the organization. And it's enough of an inspiration for people to say, I want to follow that person. So they have to be motivational, inspirational teachers. They need to be good teachers. And that's where real transformation happens, is seeing people, being honest with them, sharing 
helping them build their skills, helping open their eyes to where they they have opportunities. And so those are, are some of the key things. But one of the essentials that often gets overlooked, and I think it's because, I don't know, it's a tougher topic, and that is connection to purpose. And I see it as leaders have a two-prong responsibility when it comes to connection to purpose. The first is we owe it to ourselves and the people that we lead to step back and regroup and constantly ask ourselves about our own purpose and that connection to purpose. And that inner work is so important. But the second prong of that is the outer work. And that is, it's one thing to be inspiring, but how can I look at Nikki and help her find her purpose? And how can I inspire Nikki to see that she's delivering on her purpose every time she does X? And that is closely meshed, not only with her purpose, but the mission, vision, and values of the organization. We miss those opportunities so often to point out to people that I am proud to have you on my team. You are living our mission. And sometimes it's awkward for leaders to say those words. And, and part of what we do is teaching people to what I, I call watch your language. And that is at least a couple times a day, have you used mission connecting language when you talk to your people? It, it's a trained skill. And it's amazing to me how few people do it naturally. And I feel like that's a whole nother episode that we could go down this path that could probably be a 10 parter, just like be the leader could too, but just human connection and helping to really be able to embrace authentic appreciation and the how to give those words. And some people are born with and inspired at young years in order to do that. But I think a lot of people struggle, like you said. And so it's just so needed though. It's fuel. It is that appreciation and those words like watch your language that you said is the fuel for so many people. So let's talk about roadmap. What does skill development look like for leaders? Well, I think first it requires that they get real with themselves about what is my skill set today? Where do I want to go? Remember, we talked about that vision, but getting real with where you are now, because until it's one thing to have the vision, but it's you have to be an honest with yourself about where am I now? Because that's the only way you're going to get to a gap analysis, right? So that gap analysis is going to help you decide, all right, here I am. Here's where I want to be. What is it that I need to do to improve? So that's part of it. That's, that's the starting point, And that is the point where you're creating your, your roadmap of this is what I need to work on. And so I've had many people come into the course and one of our, the very first class is hire for fit. And people always say, yeah, yeah, I've been hiring for 20 years. I've been hiring for 30 years. And when they take the class, they set, step back and say, oh my gosh, no wonder <laughs> I've had problems. And then you look at some of the 
like a Harvard study that showed that 82% of turnover goes right back to bad hires. And so by helping people to see there are other ways of doing things and consider this. So when we look at have you really connected to values? When you do an interview, are you totally looking at the technical skill set? Or have you taken into consideration what are the department values? And if you sit down with your team and say, let's define our ideal teammate, and you're looking at qualities and characteristics, and then you look at how do we identify that in an interview? What questions would we ask and what would be the anchors or the red flag? So it's things like that that become aha moments that people look at and say, I have been missing the mark by a mile. And I cannot tell you how many people have said, I've been rushing through the interviews and really trusting just my gut and not really thinking about the things, the real indicators. You need to trust your gut, but you need to check your gut because there are so many times somebody comes into an interview, they're very charismatic, they might have a great resume that has a lot of qualifications, but guess what? They don't gel with your team. So what are the qualities that you have to pick up on? See past the charisma, right? And give me some examples of when you had to work with a difficult customer. Or tell me about a time where you struggled working with a particular coworker. And so you're listening and learning about them as they go. So good. Thank you for sharing that. And you had talked about how important it is to get real and really assess where you're at. And that takes time. Just as a reminder, it's, there's great assessments out there but it's a lot of introspective, deep dive work to really get to that gap analysis. And I love that you really inspired that. So you shared the Baird Group and through you shared a resource on feedback with us at People Forward Network that so many people are loving. And there's six steps to giving and six steps to receiving feedback. I'd love for you just to highlight for a minute, illustrating just the process of healthy feedback and then we can link in the show notes as well, that resource guide. Guys, it is so, so good. <laughs> it is something to have that gives you the step-by-step process to giving and receiving. And I think here's the thing too, a lot of leaders listening, it's just as powerful to receive, like to learn how to do that well. So this resource is awesome. Chris, illustrate for us healthy feedback. I think there's giving and receiving, right? And as a leader, I was trained on how to give feedback. But I cannot think of one workshop, seminar, anything that ever said, okay, this is all about receiving. How do you receive? Most of us ask for feedback, but do we really receive it? And are we ready to be receptive of that? So when it comes to giving feedback, I think, again, anchoring in the positive intention. What is it that you want to impart to that other person with positive intention and with positive outcome. And again, beginning with the end in mind, thinking when this person walks away from this discussion, I really want them to feel, no do. So that's kind of the background process and giving specific examples. It's so unfair 
if you walk up to a staff member and say, hey, Nikki, your attitude, fix it. That doesn't help. That's not good feedback. It's like, what did I do? You know, and it leaves you baffled. So to say something much more specific, like, Nikki, you know that teamwork is and and creating a welcoming environment in our department is really important. When I see you do X, it causes Y. I would like to see you do Z. So what I just did, too, was an XYZ formula, which we teach in coaching all the time. When you do X, it causes Y. I'd like you to do Z. And so, and that's a very abbreviated, but what I'm doing is I'm giving you a specific example. I'm talking about the impact it's having. And then I'm telling you what it is that I want, right? And so let me give you an example. So coaching somebody on my team when I had a very large department. She had a reputation as a real gossip and she did not see herself that way. And so I needed to talk with her about when you open your mouth, think about, is it true? Is it necessary that you share this information? And the very last and probably most pivotal part of that is who will benefit by you sharing this information. And by giving her that feedback, I was able to say, I noticed when we were in the meeting, you started to talk about one of our teammates and it was disparaging remarks. And when you do that, it causes your teammates to lose trust in her. I would like you to tune in to every time you open your mouth to speak about somebody, to be thinking about, is it true that I, what I'm about to share, is it necessary for me to share it? And then lastly, who's going to benefit? Can I get your commitment to that? So I end with that. And it's a great way to get people to, and doing it kindly and with purpose. So I anchor it in what we want as a unit, right? And then I talk about the impact and then what I really want to see. So giving that feedback is part of the formula, but also as leaders, we need to, if we ask for feedback, we need to be ready for it, right? So you can set some parameters in receiving feedback. I want this to be a culture of feedback. I want you to give me feedback and be ready that I will give you feedback. And feedback isn't negative or positive. It is neutral. It is just feedback. And people often say things like constructive criticism or negative feedback, or I want to give you some positive feedback. Take those polarizing terms out of the conversation and just call it feedback. Because that is the thing that people are raised and you don't know where they came from. It could be a really dysfunctional work environment, dysfunctional home environment, and they feel, they feel threatened when they hear the word feedback. So make sure that you keep it neutral. It's feedback. It's just what it is. But be ready. Be ready and open to receiving. So good. So many nuggets there that I, I think that one point on feedback that we were talking about, I have four things that I need to summarize. So- So good. Thank you for that rich response and just teaching. So Chris, 
How important is consistency and what is and isn't consistency in leadership? Oh, gosh. I work a lot in healthcare, and I often say to people the two most dangerous words are it depends. Now, I'm going to take that to any business, any brand, and say the two most dangerous words are it depends. If you do not have a consistently positive experience as a consumer, when you go to Ritz-Carlton, when you go to Nordstrom, when you go even Chick-fil-A, people talk about their good customer experience. And what creates that consistent brand is a consistent experience. What creates the consistent experience is consistent leadership. So the leader being crystal clear, this is how we do things around here. This is why we do things like this and connect to purpose. And then being the culture of feedback. I saw when you met with the customer, you did this. I watched his reaction, Nikki, and he was so positive. When you do such this and that, it really pleases our customers and I can see them just light up. So Keep doing what you're doing. So I'm watching, I'm walking around, I'm observing. Oftentimes people settle for just the lagging indicators. What are the quarterly surveys showing us about satisfaction? To be more consistent, you've got to be among your people. And I mean, out there, rounding, connecting, observing, Direct observation is such a gift because people want to know that their boss knows what they do, right? They want to see their bosses among them. And it's a beautiful thing for the boss to be able to see things and compliment in real time. That's how you build consistency. So powerful. Yeah. Building that habit of regularity in your feedback, for example, it's just... um People will look back later and just one of those 20 or 30 amazing pieces of feedback that were advice, they're teaching someone else down the road. And they're like, one day when, you know, when I was in my twenties, thirties, fifties, whatever, my leader stopped me to give me this. And then they're passing it along. And it's just, at the end of the day, it's it's a gift, right? And our consistent efforts as leaders really are gifts that just keep giving. Like as as cheesy as that might sound, it's really true that they get passed along. And so put yourself out there and keep doing it. Consistency is important. Healthy consistency. Well, I'm glad you brought up the fact about a leader giving you feedback because one of my earliest leadership roles, I was in my 20s and I wanted to do a good job. And I had a lot on my plate and I was so intense. I've always been very connected to purpose, very connected to heart, but it was a lot on the inside. People would see me as enthusiastic, but there were things that I was doing that could easily be misconstrued. And I was with my boss and we were about to walk out of my office and down the hall where there were a lot of employees and customers. And and she stopped me and she goes, stop right there. Okay. Do you have any idea how you come across when you walk down the hall? And I said, no. And she said, Chris, I know you. I know what's in your heart. You're very passionate about the work that you do. But honestly, 
your face doesn't show that your face. You are so intent about, I've got this to do. I've got people to see things to do places to go. She said Uh that intensity manifests on your face and you look very severe, which comes across as almost haughty. And I mean, I have to tell you, I was crushed, but it changed everything for me because I, from that point on, I was very conscious about, okay, Chris, you're about to walk out of your office. You're on stage now and making me think about, I need to be in the moment. I need to look people in the eye and think about them and think about the situation, not about my next task. That is, wow. You brought up a memory for me that I got feedback once that I was unapproachable and then I got it again and I got it again. There was multiple pieces of feedback, but I didn't have the like, why? And one day someone shared with me that I was working with, they said, I think it's just simply like, you're just on a mission all the time. And we know, knowing closest to you, we know that you're just on a mission. And like, if you, if we need anything like ping us or whatever, but it's not like, it was not the experience I was giving off or the energy that I was, that I was giving off and perception is reality, right? Like whatever they perceive is what it is. and man, it hit me. Cause I was like, what, why am I not unapproachable? I was like, I love people, but we have to take responsibility. It's not intention. It's like, what's really happening, right? Like our intentions are only go so far. So good. Okay. So Chris, before we go, cause we're running out of time here and I still want to get to our lightning round where we have really great questions to ask you. You've had hundreds of people go through this program, be the leader. Nobody wants to leave, which thank you for letting us use that title for this episode. Cause I absolutely love it. Share the consistent light bulb moments, I guess, that go off for people that are in the program or after the program and the regular feedback you get. Yeah, I think the biggest light bulb is just the self-awareness and the willingness to try things that maybe they had never learned before. I think one of the biggest, best feedback I've gotten is a CEO who had every leader in their organization go through it. And he said, we have done a lot of leadership development in the 20 years that I've been here. And he said, nothing has made an impact like this. And I asked him to share more. And I I said, what do you think it is? And he said that we give people a safe place to explore, explore new techniques, come back and talk about it, then the private coaching. So I think the aha moments are just in trying things that maybe they hadn't considered before, right? And things like the stay interview. People talk about it, but have they really done it? Have they done it consistently? And have they used that as a personalized retention strategy? So it's things like that. Yeah, so great. So the next round of Be the Leader is coming up soon, your program, and that's not offered a whole lot. So coming up soon, good timing, share just a little bit about like what's coming up and then just, just a snippet of the program offerings for people that are like, what is it again? Sure. Sure. Thank you. The next one is coming up on September 29th. And what we cover is eight modules. One is on hiring for fit. This another is state interview, managing expectation, the power of presence, how to spot levels of engagement by people's behaviors and their impact on others, and then how to coach to those levels 
of engagement. And then the connection to purpose, how to foster a connection to purpose. And then the last one is a capstone of all of the above called how to get more of what you want. And that is a capstone of all of the above and a focus on meaningful recognition. And so that's coming up one module a week over eight weeks, private coaching sessions, group coaching sessions. So really the only time commitment that's on the calendar is that one hour a week during the eight weeks for that group session. Got it. Thank you for sharing that. We're going to link that in the show notes as well. Chris, being a friend, a partner to People Forward Network, also a regular listener to Gut Plus Science, and thanks for the shout out in the beginning. Thank you so much. Just makes this episode super meaningful. And then you brought some great nuggets to move people forward and drive engagement. And this was just awesome. I love the experience. We're going to take a quick break, hear from a sponsor message today, and we'll be right back with our lightning round where we'll get to learn a little bit more about Chris. And we're adding these deeper questions, which I love. And uh, Chris helped me pick them out. So we'll be right back. If you're leading with a people-first mindset, which most likely you are because you're listening to Gut Plus Science, join People Forward Network, the largest community of humans on a shared mission to lead meaningful work. You can find us at peopleforwardnetwork.com or follow People Forward Network on LinkedIn. All right. I'm back on Gut Plus Science with Chris Bayard. Such a great conversation today around building your leadership style and just the way that you show up as a leader so that people want to stick with you. They want to walk alongside and keep the mission growing that you're trying really hard to lead. So I am just a huge fan of what Chris is doing and we're wrapping up with our lightning round. So Chris, we have an ever growing long list of book recommendations. So we want to know your favorite book of all time or a favorite recent read. I'm going to give you two. One's a fiction, one's nonfiction. And it's The Invention of Wings by Sue Monk Kidd. I quote her a lot because she talks about story and how stories have to be shared or they die. And when they die, we forget who we are and why we're here. That's one of her famous quotes. And I just love that. And then as far as the nonfiction, it's Atomic Habits. And I think we all need to take a good hard look at our habits. Yes, I love that book. All right, Chris, at the end of your life, what will matter to you most? What's going to matter to me most is, did I make a difference? Where did I leave an imprint? And I know that being a mother, that is a legacy in and of itself to leave behind really excellent human beings, but to know that my work has touched people too. Which is worse, failing or never trying? Absolutely never trying. Somebody used the acronym FAIL as first attempt in learning as an acronym. And I thought, that is beautiful. I am, as an entrepreneur, I'm pretty gutsy. I want to try new things. Have I failed ever? All the time. (laughs) And so I think to never try is worse than failure. Yes. Thank you. And Chris, how can listeners connect with you after the show? They can go to my website, baird-group.com, or to connect with me directly, my email address is chris, K-R-I-S, at baird-group.com.
All right. Hey, friends. So we had a great conversation, Chris Bayard and I on this show today, and I want to share with you my truth you can act on. Number one, the top two reasons people leave their jobs, the leader and the culture. Number two, begin with the end in mind when you are developing leadership plans or culture plans. Know what an ideal leader is and who you strive to be or define the ideal workplace culture and build plans to achieve your goal. Everyone's different when it comes to our leadership journey or our culture we're building. We, you know, just because our next door neighbor company built a great place to work and was recognized, that same strategy isn't going to work because it's all humans, right? So yeah, some of those things you can cherry pick off and put together, but everyone's journey is different when building out their ideal leadership and culture experience, but you have to get clear on your end game first. Number three, do a true gap analysis to get a clear picture of where you are now from where you want to go and what you've identified in number two as your end game. Doing a gap analysis to really get that clear picture with a consultant or a team of people that are just going to be very honest to help you really understand the gap to work towards filling that and getting to your ideal place. Number four, use a process to help you give and receive feedback. Remove filler words in defining feedback, such as positive feedback or negative feedback. Chris had such a great reminder. She said, it's just simply feedback. It's just feedback. Feedback is feedback. I thought that was really good. So I think we're going to be attaching some great resources for feedback and other things. Look in the show notes. I hope you reach out to Chris. She is a wonderful friend and so knowledgeable. And I love that program, Be the Leader. Nobody wants to leave. You should check it out. We'll see you next time. We just left the world a little bit better. Now go do something with it.